Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on the small cult articles looking at a New Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Adam Osier. All right, welcome back, guys. We are on the fourth out of four episodes talking about the papacy, small called articles, 2.4, and, you know, there's a whole plethora of biblical passages we could talk about that... Would you say we have a plethora of yeah. passages, <laughs> Yes. Ah, yes. Uh, and... We found one that I don't think we've done before. So we're in Ephesians 1 today, 15 through 23. Well, once we've done all of the verses in Ephesians, we should just release in order the Bible studies that cover the passages just to see <laughs> how fra- you know fragmented yeah. and random we sound. That is interesting. Huh. We got to be pretty close because I know yeah. we've done 3 through 14, haven't we? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, anyway... Uh, we're going to read the second half of chapter one, right? Uh, which is not the the what the ten verses that are one sentence long in, <laughs> yeah. in the first half, but but this Pretty is the close. application, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So we're going to read the the whole context of this, but definitely zeroing in on the portion where it speaks of Christ as being the head. Um, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read that for us, and we'll kick off our discussion. Uh, it says in Ephesians 1:15, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, that what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Here ends the scripture reading. Amen. Amen. You are my all in. There's like like lyrics from like six praise and worship songs from the 90s in this passage. Yeah. (laughs) Now you better not complain about those songs, Jason, because these ones might, they might work. Uh, It's one thing, I, I actually have no problem with the lyrics. The lyrics, if they're lifted from scripture. But, you know, there's a difference between having the heights of your, eyes of your heart enlightened and open the eyes of my heart, Lord. There's it's, a difference between that. It, it, and the synthesizer. You and know, the, that, that the changes keytar, things. The yeah. keytar. <laughs> the keytar. <laughs> does change, yes. Uh, we're going to turn into Table Talk Radio praise song uh, yeah, cruncher. The cruncher, uh, yeah. 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 Um, no but yeah, I have zero problem with music quoting scripture. That's good. In favor. Right. 
Yeah, and there is there's so much to. I mean, there's so much, it's going to be hard for us not to get sidetracked by all just the. That's what we do. This whole podcast I mean, is 307 uh, episodes of being sidetracked, Brett Bow. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> but there's just so much good, rich theology and rich things to talk about in this text. But we're zeroing in on the part of uh, Christ as being the head of the church. Yeah. So the natural progression is that far above all authority and power and dominion, earthly authority, power and dominion. God the Father put all things under the feet of Jesus Christ, who is the head of the church, and then naturally put all of that under a human power, ruler, and authority. Naturally. That's the natural outcome of this passage. <laughs> yes, <right>? absolutely. <laughs> it's the only way, that's the only way you can read that in the Greek, Jason. Yes, exactly. I, and the problem is I'm just reading an English translation. Yeah, there it's you not are. the You've Vulgate. It. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's the Vulgate. It's Latin, yeah. but yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, again... The whole church comes under the headship of Christ. And the point of that is not that Christ is domineering or even that Christ has political authority, but that Christ is both God and Savior. That's the point of what's being said here in Ephesians 1. Hmm. Yeah, good. And so, I mean, I, I think about individual churches, and I think there might not be a church that would say that Christ isn't the head. But maybe the application of this or the reception of this is yeah. different from place to place. So if your church says, oh, of course, Christ's head, Christ's in charge. And then you ask, how? Where? Show me. You know, And, and this is the one thing where, you know, one, Lutherans aren't exempt to this. We better be able to answer. But guess what? Word and sacraments point us right back to both who Jesus is and his completed work. That we're preaching Christ crucified, according to 1 Corinthians 2, 2. And also we're applying Christ crucified with the water of baptism and the bread and wine of Holy Communion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take this a different direction a little bit. Not not entirely different direction than what you just said, Jason. But I look at this and I think of what what could go wrong, right? What what could go wrong? And, and I think we live in a society where we are are constantly trying to reinvent the wheel to attract people to us. And and I as having served as a pastor and and you guys do currently, um, I I know that that. Um, pressure that can be put on us by, you know, um, generic American Christianity. Um, <laughs> don't push me? the button. That, yeah, our button. Hey, got it. Generic American Christianity. Oh, whoa. And <laughs> that whole, yeah, the pressure that we see, you know, we've, we've got to reinvent the wheel. We've got to be attractive to that person who's maybe seeking, or we've got to, all these things. And, and so the, the pressure of trying to be the head of the church ourselves can absolutely crush and overwhelm. And it's, interesting to me, and, and I think that there's um, there's a, a number of ways you can go with this. There's a number of, of things that happen when we do this. One of those things is we, we become uh, so self-centered as to become despondent and want nothing to do with the faith that we, we profess and we, we lead the people in as pastors, right, in, in worship, because all of a sudden it becomes a drudgery. We've forgotten that we, like we talked about last week, have been given the robe of righteousness. The other side of that is the, the book, um, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, but we didn't talk about the book. We talked about the concept. The book is called The Damnation of Theron Ware. And it's uh, of, of Theron Ware, T-H-E-R-O-N-W-A-R-E. 
I can't remember who the author is, but it's about a pastor who gets so full of himself because he's kind of the the celebrity that he becomes, yeah, that he's so convinced that he is the bee's knees that he, you know, ends up, I think he ends up making a pass at some parishioner woman. And it's just, it's an old book. It's probably... I mean, probably now it's close to 100 years old, or at least it was set uh, in about 100 years ago. Kind of like ago. the Hammer of God. Uh, no, 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 it's it's not. It's it's the the whole idea. It's actually it's it's more of a criticism of the church than Hammer of God was an argument for the church, uh, and it, it wasn't Lutheran specific. In fact, I think he was maybe in the book. I think Theron Ware was a Methodist minister or something like that. Well, that explains it. But it was an attack on Christian. But but the it, it walked through the life of his. Uh, ministry, and it was all about this idea that he had—he was the church, he was the head, not Christ, and and that led him down this path. So it's either despondency or you know open sin. Basically, is kind of where these two things lead, and that pressure to try and be that person, right? The and, and think about this. I mean, how you know, for me, I love. Lutheran liturgy. I love the common service because it it is a nice framework for us. It's a it's a beautifully well crafted thing that we can all unite under and walk through the progression of you know uh, God's holiness, our sin, His forgiveness and grace, the proclamation of the word, the gift of sacraments, and and then you know as we celebrate uh, all of those things, it's beautiful. It's great. But when we try and um, center the church around a, a specific liturgy that we've created, or or maybe our sermons become so focused on on me, 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 uh, you know, personal illustrations. I'm the hero of every story. We fail to make Christ the hero of every story. Mm-hmm. This idea of putting Christ, you know, <laughs> Jesus, thank you for all you did, but I've got this now. Yeah. Like that is the the way that it's seen in culture is so. So vast, so varied, and and there's we, we're not exempt. Sitting in this room right now, we aren't exempt from this. Well, this is I I think you bring up a great point. It allows us to move off the papacy a little bit because if we focus too much on the papacy with this theology, it just kind of seems like an antiquated problem, right? That it, it's no longer an issue. But celebrity pastor culture is a real problem mm. in today's media-starved, attention-driven society, and and uh, we have seen time and time. And and time again, celebrity pastors have famous falls, or it's a setup for them publicly walking away from the church and embracing everything that the world wants them to embrace, or something like that. And you're right. The three of us in, in our tiny little corner of Christian publicity need to maintain that we're not celebrities, even in, in the AFLC, right? It's not even on this esteemed podcast (laughs) and the seven (laughs) listeners and my mom who hear us every week. Yeah. But it's, it's, you know, I've actually had situations where people approach me about something and then it gets to the point is like, do you have a pastor? Yeah. 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 You need to talk to your pastor about this. I am not your, I'm, I'm a talking head on internet radio. That's what I am. And, and trust me, the, the vast majority of the 8 billion plant people on this planet are not mistaking me for a celebrity. But, but, I, but I think even many celebrity status can come well, into play yeah. too. We, we are yep. so good at making ourselves little Jesuses and our own saviors that it doesn't take much. It, doesn't. it didn't take much for Theron Ware. And the beauty of it is, is when he makes the pass at the lady, she's like, you were so more interesting when you were like focused on the word. Yeah, that, that's a paraphrase, but it's like oh, interesting, you know, all of a sudden. So it's like when the word was the center, that's when you were at your best. That's when the success was happening. 
who the heck are you? And really, when we when we take a step back, look in the mirror, and you say, who the heck are you? Nothing. Nothing at all. But when, when Christ is the head and the center of what we do in our ministry, I think that that is, is where... Um, where the church is really going to to flourish, uh, and it, it, it's kind of it, it is the safeguard. I don't I don't. This is a big can of worms, but it is. It's something like that. In many ways, is the safeguard against things like, and I, we've picked a lot on the Catholics these last few weeks, but I'm going to do it again. All of the scandals. Yep. All of the abuse scandals and everything that's gone. It's these pastors who think that they they are entitled to something because of all of their work for the Lord. Ravi Zacharias, same story. When you talk to the people, uh, specifically the massage parlor, masseuse, whatever they're called, uh, individuals, the, the, the girls that he, he uh, seduced or abused or whatnot, uh, one of the things that he kept saying is, "Don't say this to anyone because it's going to hinder the the proclamation of the gospel." Or he, as though as though he was the proclamation of the gospel. And then uh, I think I remember reading also is just consider the amount of stress I'm on doing the Lord's work. Yes, I need this. Yeah, I need this. Yeah, uh, and, and you're absolutely right. It, it it isn't foolproof because you know terrible things have been done by sinners in the name of Jesus, right? But it it does help insulate against that because you get a bigger head. But this also ties back to what we were talking about a couple episodes ago, any power grab in the church is just utter nonsense. It's utter foolishness because what are you grabbing after? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's the same thing about the the name dropper and the group of friends that you have and everyone has a name dropper. It's like my, my cousin's roommate's former best friend's neighbor was Kanye. Mm-hmm. You know, that's your claim to fame. It's like my claim to fame is that I once stood in front of Sam Mitchell in line at the bank. And the funny thing is, is like a hundred Timberwolves fans know who Sam Mitchell was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like our, our brief brushes with fame as if that's going to increase our yeah. status. You know, like if, if you're a member of a, a small church in, in a rural congregation and you're like, yeah, I've got the power. It's like. Yeah, I've you don't realize. Yeah, you don't realize how <laughs> lame that sounds, yeah, right? Yeah. But but th- what you're saying is spot on. Is that if Christ's the head of the church, that's a firewall against some of these non some of this nonsense. The flip side of that is is when we take that and we realize how lame the church looks when we put ourselves in competition with the world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. think, yeah. think, think about all these discernment ministries who I, I have my own issue with the, the discernment ministries and the people who are kind of watchdogs for pop culture. But you see time and time again, these big box megachurches doing just ridiculous things on stage in the name of drawing in people for entertainment. Right. Or go back to 90s. CCM and every band needed to sound like you too, so that they. I mean, you know I'm right. <laughs> it's, it's what what era of you two is this band going for with its sound? <laughs> Just like that, right? You got That's the, what it was going for. Yeah, you got the tweaky guitar sound or, or whatever, right? And 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 the thing is, the church we have the gospel. We have Christ, but but if we're in competition with the world, either as an advice-giving organization or as a source of earthly power or as an enticing entertainment industry or being provocateurs or, or whatever it is, it's entirely lame. Mm-hmm. And the church becomes a walking, talking dad joke. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Mm. It's uh, again it's, uh, exactly so, the, the, the same thing with the the Theron Ware. It's it's the same story a hundred years later. Yeah. 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 So so how can we 
point to Christ without feeling like it's just a big old Jesus juke in this. You well, know what I'm saying? Like a Jesus well, actually juke is Jesus. Well, yeah. a Jesus juke is only a Jesus juke if Jesus is the bait and switch. Okay. If you okay. weren't pointing towards Jesus and you're like you and, and it's kind of like the sermon where you you talk 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 and oh yeah Jesus died for your sins. Jesus right? is your fantasy football owner. Yeah, you know yeah, that got it. those yeah. things. If you're talking about fantasy football, you're trying to like you said be like the world. But if you're preaching, if you're preaching Christ, if you're faithful to the Word, and, and that's the other thing. I interrupted you, Jason. No, no, no. Go for it. This is this is this is yeah, good stuff. Bad. I, I'm nodding. It's the idea of. Um, the whole idea of where was I going with this? I felt so bad that I interrupted. I don't know. Why I felt bad that I interrupted yeah, you. You don't care. I about never me. have felt bad hurting your feelings <laughs> before. But um, if if you were an exegetical preacher or an expository preacher, we use that phrase, right? To take a text and unpack that, you don't need to worry about the Jesus juke stuff. You know, if if you were you know doing a series on you know, um, I, I'm trying to think of a good example that isn't an actual example because I don't want to call anybody I know out. Uh, <laughs> but you know, if you're doing a series on you know stress in the workplace or something, and you know, then you're going to have to do the Jesus juke thing. I think. Jesus is your office manager. Yeah, that's yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Things like that's that. That's a Jesus yeah. juke. Uh, you know, if only the church cared about uh, cared about Jesus as much as people care about the Vikings opener on Sunday. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a Jesus juke. Got it. And, and, and you juke towards Jesus when you're not heading towards Jesus in the first place. That's why okay. it's called a Jesus juke, okay. right? Which is why a systematic study and proclamation of the word is... Yep. The job of the pastor. Yeah. Yep. Because yep. you can't do a Jesus if you already have Jesus, if you're already proclaiming Jesus. If right. Jesus is already the head of the church, you're heading in yep. that direction, you should be used to that. And that's what we ought to be expecting. That's what we ought to be demanding from our pastors. And pastors, really, that's not what we ought to be delivering. Right. We point people away from us and to Jesus. Proclaim the gospel and get out of the way. Right. And that's that's so refreshing in the midst of the bait and switch no Christianity that we've talked about, and uh, yeah, just preach Christ, Christ and Him crucified. We're going to have a martial arts demonstration in the church parking lot, and uh, in five minutes before we dismiss you and say, and we just want you to know that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. I mean, is that the content of the gospel? Yep. Is that a winsome way to proclaim the gospel? Not at all. If you convince people they're getting something, and then you slide the gospel in, Mm-hmm. No place for that. It makes it makes Jesus look like a uh, multi-level marketing scheme. It does, or it makes him look like we're ashamed of him. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's not good enough, so yeah, we have right. to add in yeah, this. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's it's I, I porn think, feed or yeah, something. Yeah, go back to that multi-level marketing scheme because that it, you know the old Amway things, right? And you'd you'd be randomly invited to a college friend's house for dinner, and you haven't talked to him in three years, and you have a pleasant dinner, and they're like, "I want to talk to you about my upline." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that's what it is. It's all bait and switch. And it's like, oh, you really don't value my friendship. You, you see me as a commodity. Mm-hmm. And that's the message the church sends when we Jesus you, when we bait and so, oh, you just want to mark recommitments for Christ on a card. You don't care about who I am and where I'm at. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus is the head of the church, if Jesus is being proclaimed, you can't help but care about people where they're at yeah. because Jesus is the answer to what they need no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's interesting, Brett. I want to just tie into... Back into our text here from Ephesians. Do our Bible study on Ephesians. Yeah, well, there's a lot there. We read a lot, and we're focused on Christ being the head of the church, and that's we have. We've really unpacked that. Um, and then he says it, he's the head of the church, 
in verse 23, which is his body. I want to be clear, and I think I think our listeners would follow this too, and, and probably aren't maybe thinking this, but we are his body. That doesn't mean when I say we just proclaim the word, a systematic proclamation of the word, we are careful in our planning. We are careful in our preparations. We, we are to be in, in our churches. We, we should do those things. And we should be able to say things, for instance, in such a way that's going to engage uh, the, the modern, you know, hearer. You know, uh, if, we, if we talked like we were from the, uh, the King James, if we, if we, you know, thought that was more holy and just read from that, just because the fact that, you know, of course, the King James is the only version, those type of things, you know, that, that's not going to engage either. It's okay. And as the body of Christ, we function at his behest, or we function at his moving. We function at his, if he's the head, the head and the brain, you know, obviously dictate the impulses of where things should move. He, he can lead. And, and that's, so I, I'm saying that we can have, we can have both. We can, we can proclaim faithfully the word of God in a context. And I think his, his body, as he leads his body, he is, uh, I think he's good enough at, at, uh, you know, controlling his body in such a way as to be applicable across all time and all place too, because it's, it's not just back then. It's not just, we have to focus on this because this is the tradition of what we did. And that's where I was going with this. Like the Catholic church does, uh, focuses heavily on the word and tradition as both being valid, um, components to what is truth and how the church should operate. But, but when Christ is the head, he is capable of directing us uh, to his word, to make that word and applying it in, in different situations, different contexts, different cultures. Yep. And, and, and to that end, you know, if we're assessing Roman Catholic theology or Baptist theology or generic American Christian theology, we have to remember that the equation Jesus plus something is actually something minus mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. The, 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 that's what the equation is, right? We're, we're removing Jesus. We're removing that, that emphasis. And I want to go back to what you said, because there's something really important in what you were saying just now, Adam, and that is there's a place to find the tension in what you're talking about and live there, right? As pastors... And even as Christians, it's our responsibility to deliver Christ crucified. But we are called to do a good job at that. We're called to be artful in our Mm -hmm. depiction of the gospel. We're called to be excellent. The tension is, if I do my prep uh, and deliver a sermon, the where I rest on is that Christ was preached. I don't rest on my skill or my ability or my preparation. Right, because it one, it doesn't give me the excuse to just go up in the pulpit and say Jesus died for your sins, Hallelujah, and sit down. <laughs> but two, I the, I have the one job. You, me, Brett, we all have the one job where we can't really feel good about what we've done. We're not permitted to think, Yeah, I've arrived. Right. That that's the danger built into being a pastor, because in the end, it's still God speaking through talking donkeys. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and I think, you know, right at, the, yeah, right at the end of this text, you know, it, it says that he has done this already. You know, yeah. Christ, he has been made the head of the church. We can't make him the head of it's, church yeah, anymore. We don't vote yeah. him in. We don't right. elect him. Uh, Jesus might be your savior, but is he your Lord? Yeah. Yep. And, and I guess I, I want to come back to it's it's um, maybe just as simple as uh, acknowledging that and opening the door to that and, and focusing on that. Uh, as pastors, as as church leaders, um, yeah, to see Christ as as the head of the church, which, 
uh, is so diametrically opposed to you know the papacy and, and what we've been talking about and, and every other form and celebrity pastor yeah, celebrity culture. pastors yep. and yes um, and I like that we're ending here in in this way of you know, Christ and Him crucified and Christ as as the head of the church and Christ as the head of the church which means if He isn't the head of the church it's not that He's been removed it's that means the church is not functioning as right. the church yep we don't take Christ that we can't take that away from Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, any other closing thoughts as we wrap up uh, this set of episodes? You don't need the Pope. Yeah. You don't need him. You got Jesus. He's good enough. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Do you know a student who would benefit from the training at the Free Lutheran Bible College? Encourage them to apply at flbc.edu. Applications are open for both fall of 2023 and 2024. Start here. Go anywhere. Grounded in God's Word.